Hello everyone, this is Les and Kev from Britpop Banter. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> How are we all feeling? Oh jeez. Oh, Everybody that's... okay? Great. <laughs> well, this is episode number 14. No it's not. Yes it is. Episode 14 yep. and we're at number 38 in the charts. Can you believe it? I can't. <laughs> God. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook at Britpop Banter and hashtag Britpop Banter. You can email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All questions and feedback welcome. Um, so, yeah, um, we've got our disclaimer that we read every week. I shall read it this week. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice mm. to create these albums. So, Kev, last week's album was Echo Belly on. How did you find that went? I'll never do this again. <laughs> so, anyone listening to this podcast for the first time, that's not how we start the podcast. Please listen to any other episode apart from this one. What was that? I don't know because it's just too serious. But it, it's very scripted and I don't know. Anyway, look. Well done, I but guess. Not really. Not really. I'll uh, try better next time. Yeah, okay. So. Echo Belly on, though. I love that episode. Okay, so thanks for asking. Um, You're welcome. I had. Let's. I really enjoyed Echo Belly, and um, for a couple of different reasons. One, great to talk about Echo Belly, a band that I've loved since I was a teenager. Is that because they're better than the Beatles? <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that old chestnut. Oh, that's um, forever. We got to talk about... I got to learn some things about the album. Um, got to play some of the tracks. I also got to talk about Viva Brother, which was thoroughly enjoyable. Riveting. And I've converted some people on Viva Brother as well, so Great. I'm happy about that. Um, and look, to be honest, it's our most downloaded episode yet, which was hard to follow after The Lightning Seeds, because that set a new record by itself. So for Echabella to do well... Um, is excellent. The band retweeted it. Sonia, you know, retweeted I you, know, which was your it. fangirl moment. Yes. So I think I texted a... you straight away. <laughs> I was so excited. So I think um, for me, special episode. I I actually yeah. really enjoyed it, and the feedback has has been really good so far. What do you think? Um, but like similar, love talking about the album. Love talking about Ikebele. I think we. I actually think we did them justice. I think we did a good job. Okay. Um, and. Yeah, Sonia retweeted my. Are you just going to keep tweet, coming back? And to that, that was yeah. great. That so, made you. It's quite much. So, you've been sick, right? Ah, How are you feeling now? I feel better now. Yeah, you look better. But I was at the dentist. And you're drinking beer. I am drinking beer. So it can't be that all bad, can it? No, I'm feeling a lot better now, thank okay. you. Okay. Should we talk about the stubby holders that you've put the beers in? <laughs> yeah. Now, we should explain to people what stubby holders are, because some, some countries may not know that. Yeah. This is we have a bottle of beer. And because we're in Australia, they get extremely hot when you hold them for too long, and the beer tastes warm. We have a little sort of how would you describe it? A little sort of holder yeah, to have them it's in. It's a beer holder. Lovely. We will take a picture of the what Les is currently drinking out of. Mm. Who's on the stubby holder, Les? So, a very dear friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, because we talked about that. You uh, you got you said you got you did it for a favour. I did, didn't and then, and then, yep. they were, and then somehow then got bought these. Yeah, you've brought merchandise from that concert. Well, I didn't buy it. My friend who I work with bought these. Right. 
Mm. I tell you what, the one thing I went, Belinda looks stunning in 1991 when that was probably taken. Okay, yeah, let's go with 1991. But anyway, look, it's it's good. You sound heaps better as well, so it's Don't good. T- yeah, back to normal. Back to normal. Back Apart to 100. From the intro. And this this is a big one for us, uh, Manic Street Preachers. This is my truth. Tell me yours. It's an important album, right? Mm. I discussed it at the end of last week. A lot of pressure because mm. it's quite a political mm. album, and there's quite a lot of stuff to get into, which Lots. we will. Before we do that, we got a bit of uh, sort of catch up from last week. So last episode we talked about uh, Phil Collins and we talked about the gorilla drumming. Yeah, it's not PG tips. Who is it? Is it? It's Cadbury's. And who was right? You were. Yes. Well, you said Rolos. They're round trees. No, I. No, you said Rolos. Did I? Yes, because mm-hmm. I went Cadbury's and you chucked every brand apart from that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was 2007. The gorilla advert. We also talked about the seahorses. Yes. And we said sort of what happened because they had the album Do It Yourself in '97. And then sort of just nothing nothing else happened. So the band, uh, they, they went through some different um, band members. And they broke up while they were in the studio recording the second album oh. in 1999. Chris Helm and John Squire just didn't get along pretty much the whole time. Two different directions they wanted to take their, their music into. Um, and ultimately they went in two different paths. So we didn't get the Seahorses second album, which is disappointing. Um just want to call out, thank you to Ian for the help on that one. He sent through some, some interesting stuff Thanks, about Ian. the band. Um, also, Sleeper. What's your, what's your feeling now? It's been a couple of weeks since we, we discussed that and, the, and we've been listening to the album. Yeah. Um, we put out a poll. Yeah, I'm well, still a seven. Me too, me too. My vote doesn't change, I agree. So we put out a poll, um, basically trying to get a feel for what everyone was thinking. There was four sort of categories 10 out of 10, an 8 or 9 out of 10, a 6 or 7 out of 10, or 5 or below, right? Mm. So, you know what? It was, it was neck and neck for drum a roll. while. Drum roll. Oh, a drum roll. Don't need to do the special effects for that one. Nice one. So, 10 out of 10, 16%. Mm. 8 or a 9 out of 10, 39%, which is a tie with 6 or 7 out of 10. Interesting. And a 5 or below, 6%. Now... Chuck in my vote. Chuck in your vote. The seven, the six or seven out of ten just narrowly pips everyone else. Yeah. So I think general consensus and the feedback we've got is that people like the album. Good to hear Sleeper again, um, but not ten out of ten material. So it's a seven. Yeah, roughly speaking, we were right. That's that's. We were both right. <laughs> so, um, did you get any sort of feedback around Viva Brother? Anyone sort of? Oh yeah, just that they're rubbish. No, they didn't. Oh wait, some people actually came back and said they sound pretty good. Did they? And I think we've converted a few oh, people. So they've probably gone up from two thousand to two thousand and two. I should check. Listeners, that. I'll check. That. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about one thing more before we get into the top selling UK albums. Did you sign up? And it's not Britpop. I'm making that very very clear. But it was just something I wanted to get your reaction to. Did you see the lineup to the Ultra Music Festival? No. Heard any news about that the last couple of days? Like it was the fire festival. Yes. Right. Okay, I'm glad because there was lots of transport issues. But there's one thing probably I'm hoping you haven't heard of yet. So let me read out the, some of the lineup. Yeah, Massive please. Massive lineup, Hopefully. okay? Um, and I want you to spot the odd one out. All right. You ready? Is it Top Loader? They didn't make it on this. I'm surprised they're on everything else. Yeah, I know. Ready? Yeah. Sasha and Digweed. 
Yeah, brilliant. Tiesto, yep. Pride, Eric Pride, Dead Mouse, Armin Van Buren, Adam Bayer, Afrojack, David Guetta, Carol Cox, Colonel Sanders. Like KFC. Is is that what you is that what you're hedging your bets that that's the odd one out on yeah. the lineup? Did you see what happened? No. <clears throat> Let me tell you. It made me die a little bit inside. So KFC bought the main stage for Colonel Sanders to play for five minutes on the main stage at four o'clock in the afternoon. I will post the footage. It's horrendous. It is. So what they did is, it's it's not an actual person. Well, it is a person, but it's like a dead mouse where they are wearing a Colonel Sanders um, electronic head that flashes. It is the worst thing I think I've ever seen. And do they actually DJ in this? No, because it's it's a five minute and literally I think they just press play in the song and the effects happen in the background. But it is horrendous. And there's this 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 footage of the fans in the audience just looking at each other going, what the hell? Did they hand out free chicken? It's it's bad. And even even artists on the lineup wrote about how disappointed they were because they're like there's there's hard working musicians that would this is their dream to get here. Hundred percent. And you How much would we love that? Exactly. And you've just sold a five minute slot to a KFC. Like so it just it it just I'll post it, it just made me so that is disappointed and, and angry. So yeah, that was uh, that was news. Uh I have news. Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, I have news. So, if you... Well, I was going to say if you remember, but you will remember because it's your birthday. Um, a month ago, it was your birthday. And, okay. I, and I bought you a birthday oh, a present. Oh, gone past already. Yeah. yeah, okay. But it hasn't arrived. And, and to be fair, this speaks volumes once you've opened it. Why? But it's taken quite a while to get here. Okay. So, it arrived yesterday. Okay. So, I have it and I have wrapped it. You've been bigging this present up. So, well... So I have wrapped it, and just for the the listeners, that's wrapping paper. And well, the they're going to hear it now, aren't they? It's gonna so Kev's going to open it now live. Oh. On air. Even this isn't live. but I can't open... Are you making me open this? And it's... Okay, that was quick. Whoa, like that? All right, so what am I looking at? What, to explain it, you've got to describe it while you open it. It is a piece of clothing. <laughs> if this is what I think it is... Oh, yay! yay! <laughs> and it's one of the only ones they've ever sold because they had a lot, like they had a lawsuit. Aww. So I am looking at a Reef Revelation t-shirt. <laughs> oh, this is, I cannot, this I is, am gonna am, post a I am of this. so happy. Are you really? Of course it is, this is great. They fought tooth and nail to get the they right did. to sell those. Uh, they, thank you, thank you. So Tooth and nail. And you appreciated that, didn't you? Not really. No. (laughs) Uh, So I have got a Reef vinyl live at St Ives as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That's really nice of you. the little things. What are these? They are autographs. Oh, very cute. That are stickers. You could put them on your car, (laughs) your desk at work, your fridge. I'm really happy. face. That's really nice. Thank you. And I can't, I can't believe you've given money to Reef. I can't either. I but I swear it took them a long, long time to send it. So <laughs> that's probably why they don't sell many T-shirts. <laughs> if I'm quite honest, the customer service there, not great. <laughs> not great, Reef. 
I'm so happy. That's excellent. Thank you so much. That's I'll really take a touching. picture of this and I'll post it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That t-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. Yeah, there we like go. That. Happy birthday. Yay. Thank you. Yes. That's, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, shall we get into top selling UK albums? Mm. I don't know about you. I'm so over this. I just want to get them done. It feels like we've been talking about them for I like ages. it. Let's go. I'm putting 20 here because we need to fly through these, right? <sighs> Number 70, if you remember, was Annie Lennox with Diva. And we went, oh, like Annie Lennox. Yeah, I do. 69, uh, Act Tongue Baby by U2. Oh. 68, So Far So Good by Brian Adams. <laughs> Is this what it's going to be? Me reading out and you just giggling away. <laughs> Number 67, Always and Forever by Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. And, and think what it's outsold, right? Ocean Colour Scene. Baby. Ocean Colour Scene, OK Computer. What was the other massive um, album? Oh, But yeah, God. so Always and Forever was up there. Has outsold Acton Baby. Yep. Recurring Dream, the best of uh, Crowded House. 65, One Woman, the Ultimate Collection by Diana Ross. Legend by Bob Marley and the Whalers at 64. Number 63, End of Part 1. Their greatest hits, Wet, Wet, Wet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. 62, Everything Changes by Tick That. The Very Best of the Bee Gees by Bee Gees. The Commitment Soundtrack. 59, Park Life by Blur. <sighs> Number 58, We Can't Dance by Genesis. Greatest Hits by Simply Red at 57. Oh, for Christ's sake. Can't wait till we talk about Simply Red. I can. It's coming. Uh, it's 56, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1 by George Michael. 55, Postcards from Heaven, Lighthouse Family. <laughs> What is so funny about that? Because they're awful. Right. Number 54, Made in Heaven by Queen. 53, All Saints by All Saints. 52, Take Two by Robson and Jerome. Oh, Oh, God. 51, Only Yesterday by The Carpenters. And number 50, Step One by Steps. That's an absolute disgrace. That's the worst, got to be one of the worst albums ever made. Are you upset because it outsold Eternal? Well, it sold it out. I'm, I'm, I'm upset it just sold. <laughs> That's what I'm upset at. To be fair, at least it's at number 50. All right. So, uh, all right. Guilty pleasures, Les. Give us the jingle because I haven't done it yet. <sighs> guilty pleasures, guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures, guilty all right, pleasures. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, you went off on one. Oh, God. Definitely feeling better. All right, so I had to do um, Eternal. You had to do Simply Red <sighs> Stars. Now, it's a great album. It's not. All right, talk to me about the album. Okay, let me talk to you about the album. So, I have limited my listening to it just in two song chunks because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I just get too angry. What do you mean you get angry? Gorgeous songs on it. Something got me started. Awful. What? Great song. Awful. Do you know what I hate the most? And I hate myself for it. I actually know all the words to stars. (laughs) Why? How? How? (laughs) Don't. You're getting. You're pointing your finger at me. But how do I know that? I don't know. I didn't put it in your head. You probably liked it. Did not. So, uh, favourite track? (sighs) Maybe Thrill Me. Okay, it's a good song, isn't it? No, it's not. It's like just about a five out of ten. So what are you going to give the album? Tonight, Kevin. 
I'm going to give Simply Red a 4 out of 10. Oh! I'll take that! Why have you given it a 4? Because you know what? It's better than Reef. It's way better than Reef. Because that, honestly, Simply it's not for me, and his, he's annoying. And he doesn't, like, it doesn't, I just, yeah, it's annoying. But it's not. It's not offensive. Nah. It's, it's easy. It's. It should be under easy listening. Oh, it is. Yeah. As a category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is nothing that's at, like it's just complete paint by numbers pop music like it's just like I'm so happy I'm really you get but a four it doesn't you know okay. and it's a bit catchy it, it is it how is. do I know the words to stars I've never I owned it know. I've never but you just my car. hear it that's what you heard yeah probably <laughs> this is micro um, but yeah four out of ten good I will take that now it's listener pick this time Listeners, but I've got tons stored up. Good. Okay, good. Right, and you made the mistake of telling me one that's coming. No, no, down. no. But I've got a, a one that you do not know. I've got one for you, which you will hate your yeah, life. But this is your turn. I know, no, no. But what I'm saying is, depending on what you give me, right? I'm gonna. If it's not bad, I'm gonna park that one and give you an all right one the next time. So just be careful. Be careful. Okay. All right. So the next pick is from Adrian at Detroit seventy five. He's given us... So, actually, first of all, before I get into that, Adrian's been listening to us since the start, right? Uh, thank you. Thank you. He has been... He played bass in a Britpop band in the 90s, right? Legend. Called High Life, right? And the funniest thing about them is they were managed by Andy Allen, the same guy who managed Reef. Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> I not have control over that. Anyway, but Reef seem to be popping up a bit, don't they? Oh, yeah, well. All right, so he has given us, and it's not bad, all right? I've had a cheeky listen already. Kylie Minogue, <gasps> the 1994 sort of self-titled album. Why we know about that, it's got Confide oh. Me on it. Which what is else a... is on the album? Do we know? <sighs> Nothing that we'll know. I'll have a look. Yeah, there's, okay. there's, so there's about 10 tracks on there, I think, and Confide Them. I listened to it the other day and I went... How do you rate an album with with that song, which is a phenomenal song, and then the rest are not great? So that's the challenge that we have, right? So we've got that. Okay. Listeners, send us your guilty pleasures, and we will add them to the list. Yep. But that one's not a bad one, I think. I think that's not bad. I've eased us that's in. That's not a season. All right. Other bits of homework. We have two albums to review. Yes. You ready for this? I am pumped for this. Uh, me too. Uh, you go first. Richard Ashcroft or Echo Belly? I will go for... Uh, can I just make an overriding, overarching comment? Sure. This has been my favourite week for reviews. Totally agree with you. What? Because yes. they're both going to be positive. Oh, go. So, well, Richard Ashcroft, Natural Rebel. 8 out of 10. Boom. 8 out of 10. Whoa. Whoa. Now, the funniest thing about this album... It's a grower. First listen, what's he doing? Doesn't even sound like him. Like, All My Dreams, the first track, I was like, that's not your voice. It sounds like Dire Straits to And me. I'm like, that, what's that? And then I went, oh, vocals don't sound song. like, so do love I. That song. But it's taken three listens. This is what I've found as well. I, I totally agree with you. First listen through, I went, a couple of catchy numbers. Second, and I went back to it really quickly, and then again, and again, and again. Um, the interesting thing about this album, this got universally panned. Panned, right? By um, music critics. So, Enemy, Mojo, and Q gave it two out of five. Oh, dear. Drowned in Sound 
gave it two out of ten. Right? So when I saw that, I went, wait a minute, have I got something wrong? What am I missing? And I just went, I kept going back to it over and over again, thinking, I really like this album. So I've got um, All My Dreams is Great, Surprised by the Joy, Born to be Strangers, That's How Strong, Man in Motion. That's How Strong is beautiful song. Yeah. Like it brings out like lovely, a little romantic it? in me. Yeah. And I um listened to it the other I'd had probably four gins. And you um four gins. And uh, I was like, oh, that's lovely, I'd write a song like that. <laughs> to the point where I got my guitar out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a big call. Yeah, when I pull out Judy, it's gotta be a <laughs> oh, good I song. Guitar had the name. Judy, yeah. Um so a bit average was We All Bleed and Streets of Amsterdam. I went, I yeah, could do nah. without yeah. that. The the Spotify version has the two bonus tracks, which is Rare Vibration and Gilded Halls. I don't want those. For me, I'm not... They, those two songs... I don't mind Rare Vibration. They're B-sides. Yeah. They shouldn't be on that album. Um, but I, I've got to admit, can we, can, I really like the album. It did take me down a bit of a Richard Ashcroft uh, YouTube tunnel. Have oh. you watched... He's, how do I summarise Richard Ashcroft? He's an unusual cat. Have you seen some yeah. of his recent stuff? No. Okay. I'm not going to talk about it because I might get in trouble. But there are two things I want people to Google. One, Richard Ashcroft on Soccer AM. I will not say anything more about that. The second one is his interview on BBC Breakfast. Did you hear about this? No. It is mental. He is just on another planet. It's, it's bizarre, right? So much so that NME wrote a, an actual article dissecting bit by bit everything that Richard I need to said. watch this. It's, I'm it's intrigued. So those two, Soccer AM and BBC Breakfast, Richard Ashcroft, it just takes you down this tunnel about <clears throat> Richard Ashcroft. Can, yeah. I, can I make a comment? Go. <clears throat> so the thing is, right, I can understand why all, I can understand why this album got 2 out of 10 from music critics. I totally, I actually get it because we're thinking about who it is that made this album. So... You think about Richard Ashcroft in The Verve, mm. right? He never, ever reached that height again as a solo artist. And I'll, that's fair Human enough. Human Conditions was very successful. Right, fine. But it's not to the... Length. Not to the Verve. No. So, great. Some, if I, again, he's one of these artists. If you gave me the best of Richard Ashcroft's solo album, Ooh. that would be lovely. Okay. But um, the reason I gave this album out of 10 is the fact that, you know... Why I should give out a 10 is because I generally enjoyed it without thinking about who wrote it. So ah. I didn't go, oh, because no if, if I'm judging Richard Ashcroft yeah. from somebody who can write an album like Urban Hymns yeah. and who can write songs like History, which I think is one of the most beautiful songs of all time, right. If this is not that. It's not even close. But as an album that I listened to without mm. judging who wrote it, it's I enjoyed it and I tried not to. And I was like that, no, no, I'm going to be me and I'm going to give it a tough rating and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And I started off at five, that's five. Mm. When I heard it doesn't even sound like him. And then I was like, do you know what? I actually like this. Same and I have you. to be yeah, honest yeah. and I'm just going to give it what I think it deserves. Same as you. Did the exact same thing. I probably landed about a six and then I went, I'm being harsh here. And then listen, mm-hmm. listen, listen. I listened to it today as well. It's a great album. Me, I'm a little bit different. I post, even Human Conditions wasn't largely on my radar. And then there was subsequent albums after that that I've never heard. So I haven't heard from Richard Ashcroft in a while. And so it was refreshing for me. So 
I don't know. I, I don't know why people were beating him up about it. To be honest, it's a, it's a good album. Tweet us and let us know what you think about this album. Absolutely. Go and have a listen. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks. Echo Belly. Oh no. I have a tough time rating this. So first of all, can I clarify? In the last episode, I said that this was a collection of B sides and rarities. That's not right. So this is a sort of kind of a best of of some of their more darker light acoustic songs from some of their previous albums and then it's things like unreleased songs b-sides um that make two cds of of this sort of um collection it's a hard one to rate because not for me okay go on eight and a half out of ten this is the best album i've reviewed in the new ones by oh is it Eight yep. and a half? Yeah, it oh is. Oh my God, it is too. And it is. It's stunning. And I'll tell you why. Go on. I'll go through my notes. Go on. Dark Therapy. Gorgeous. What is that? Stunning. Oh my God, that's stunning. amazing. Um, dying. Stunning. Sober. Amazing. I am awake. From the deep. Falling flame. God's guest list. Something that remains. I can go on. Every one of those. I'm like that. Whoa. <laughs> I love the fact that you've picked <clears throat> different songs from me. Really? Yeah, I've got obviously Dark Therapy. I've got Heroes in June. Um, I've got Bleed, which is from Lustra, which I love. Um, Silence on the Radio, their new track is great. To the end, which was, I just, I've got different tracks that I really like. Um, oh, they're the ones I love. Look, the funny thing is about this album, I had it a nine, right? Ooh. But, you know, how do you rate it? So, first of all, the reason why I've dropped it, and I probably have it sitting around eight and a half, the same as you, right? But, First of all, I think you need to be in a certain mood for that album. Oh, yeah, you do. Right? Because the the songs are quite similar. They're quite moody. They're quite dark. This is about six gins, this one. This is six gins in, right? Okay. So that you, so for me, there were certain times that I went to the album and I went, I'm not in the mood for this. Even though I wanted to listen to it, I went, no, no, no. And the second thing for me is, this is amazing value for money, right? This was all done through Pledge. And if I look at the stuff that they offered fans, phenomenal. I wish I'd got on board earlier. The two CD is excellent value, but as I was going through that long list of songs, I started to wane a little bit, right? And I start, I enjoyed CD one over CD two. Yeah, yeah. So how do you rate that in the sense that, you know, if you look at an Ashcroft, it's, it's all original new work. And for this, it's a collection of previous work plus some then stuff. It was really hard to rate for me. Yeah, but, I just rated it in terms of how much I liked it, right? So the other funny thing is... What I'm beginning, right, and it's weird, right? So what I'm doing is I'm rating these new albums, probably a bit different to the ones that are in our top fifty, because I took into account a lot of the other um, criteria, <clears throat> and also what it reminded me of, and blah blah blah. These ones I've actually put a little bit like higher, and maybe I'm getting softer. I don't know, but it's because I think it. Do you know what it is? It's refreshing because it's new. It's fresh. And I you're think hearing that's it for the it. first time. So, you're asking, so it's like I have a yeah. week and then I listen to it. Yep. Probably three or four times. And then I give it that rating. What I think would be interesting, right? Because when you think about what we're actually doing, mm. we're listening to albums that are over 20 years old. Yeah. <clears throat> and re rating them. What would I give this in 20 years? I doubt it's a year or 10. True. Oh, and and if, so this is the thing. So I think I wonder so if listeners are going, oh, hold on. You gave Sleeper or you gave Echo Belly six or seven. But you're giving this eight. Do you like that better? Exactly. No. It's just because it's new and it's fresh, and I'm just judging it on that time. Correct. But 
And also, you got to wonder, did those albums age? I took a lot of that and did it age well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would give it 10 out of 10 when I was 19. Yeah, but obviously... But, yeah, yeah you're, you're spot on. I, I completely agree with you. And if I look at our ratings, our ratings are... Well, there is a difference between what we've rated now and then. Yeah. Um, Not because they're better albums, just because of timing. Yeah, and yeah. And have the age... I to- totally agree with you. A um, couple of new albums that we... I have got to add to the list for um, our homework. Mm-hmm. Edwin Collins released a new album. Jesus. We are going to listen to that because um, I wouldn't mind listening to Edwin. Um, the second one is Baby Bird released a new album. Mm-hmm. Now, Baby Bird, not on our list, but a couple of people have sort of said, hey, why you should have a listen to him? So I've had a bit of a listen. Um, uh, look, I'm on the... Uh, I'm adding it to the list. Let's give it a chance. So they're on the list. So let me read you some of the albums we've got left. Yeah. Okay. You have got to choose from Star Sailor's last album, which is All This Life, Spiritualized and Nothing Hurt, Divine Comedy, Foreverland. No chance. And the great news, they've got a new album coming out. Brilliant. Can't wait. It's called Office Politics. Brilliant. Uh, Baby Bird, Happy Stupid Nothing, or Edwin Collins, Bad Bay. I want Star Sailor and... Um, Spiritualized. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Just so you know, you're leaving your, your bad... You're not mixing it up. You're potentially leaving artists that you don't like oh, and right. bundle them all together. Okay, well, I have Star Sailor and Baby Bird. Done. Locked in. Uh, so that's our homework. I'm looking forward to that. Plus, we've got Kylie Minogue to listen to <laughs> as well, which should be really interesting. Uh, Britpop one-liners. Cue the jingle. It's a bit of junk. No, That'll be funny. No, you ready? I'm ready. So I need to ask you. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think you gave. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, I will give you. Oh, perfect timing, and we haven't done this yet, and you saw them a couple of weeks ago. Happy Mondays. One liner. Oh, happy Mondays. Um. Fun, catchy, don't take themselves too serious. You can't help but love their music. You can't help but laugh at it. Yeah. Um, not technically amazing. Yeah. Um, but who don't, I just don't know. You'd be. You have to have no sense of humour not to enjoy their music. Okay. Going to give you a bad one. Kula Shaka. Oh. So. One liner. Um. Um, There's been a few people coming at you for your Kula Shaker, yep. right? so, which I love. Um, Kula Shaker are a bunch of tat. Ah, not okay. Very good. Um, yeah, we got posted a, a live version of um, Tat Va. Great. It was actually it was sensational, and I can see your comments after it having a go. Uh, I'm not sitting the fence. No, 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 you definitely, no one has accused you of that. Uh, stereo MCs. Stereo MCs. Um, mm. This is an interesting one. Not the biggest fan. Yep. Connected's an alright song. No, oh, I don't know, we got up a hard time for them being on the list in the first place. We did. We didn't take them off for some reason, I'm surprised No, because we're talking, because it's a bit post-stroking. Look, I think um, stereo MCs, probably... Bit bland, like I don't. Bit bland. Stereo MCs, bit bland. Yeah, you can. Gonna... Can I get myself connected? The tweets will be on my wall. 
Rubbish. Boom. Rubbish. Right, should we get into this album? Please. All right. So, this is my truth. You tell me yours by the Mannix. Uh, album cover, um, they're on a place called this, and um, asterisks here. There's going to be some Welsh in this oh. conversation. Yeah. And we know how well that went down at the Super, Super Furry Animals. That was awful. Apologies. We both were shocking. So, um, you got Mwang better. Mwang. Yeah, that's right. The album cover is on a place called Black Rock Sands near Portmadog in Wales. Again, probably butchered that. The name, this is my truth, tell me yours, is... A... I know what this is. Go on, you tell me then. So, it's an Iron Bevan. Yes. What, and what was he famous for, Kevin? Oh, well, he was a, a Labour Party politician. And what was his biggest claim to fame? Well, his biggest claim to fame, thank you for uh, nudging me in this direction... He is credited with spearheading the establishment of the NHS. Yes, indeed he is. 1945 to 51, he served as a Labour minister. Um, I sort of looked at the title, never really assumed the background of it. It makes complete sense when we start to talk about the story behind some of the songs. Yep. That the title is from, from that person. Released in September 1998, this is the Manic's fifth album. The previous album was Everything Must Go, 1996. It got to number two. Mm-hmm. And what followed it was Know Your Enemy, 2001. Got to number two as well, right? Mm-hmm. The label was from Epic, which is a subsidiary of Sony. They have so many people. <coughs> Meatloaf, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, ABBA, uh, Rage Against the Machine, and our boy Michael Jackson. Producers... This is the Manic's first time working with two producers. The first one is Dave Erringer. He's done all the Manic's album. He's also done Head Swim, Idlewild. And he did Kylie Confide in Me. Oof. Oof. Uh, they also worked with Mike Hedge. My God, has Mike Hedge, uh, Mike Hedge worked with some big people. You two, Dido, Travis, Texas, everything but the girl. Oh, love it. Heaps. 13 tracks, 63 minutes. It's a long album. And it got to number one. This is the Manic's only number one album. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on that. So, remember at the very beginning of this podcast, I had a second album theory, right? Okay. This isn't their second album. Mm-hmm. But everything... Oh, yeah, the very first sort of episode we talked about second. Yeah, okay, got it. But this... Is a follow-up to a big album. A huge album. Spot on. So, you know, and people wait with bated breath and they're like, oh, like, everything is going to be amazing, can't wait, queue outside the shop, whole thing. Yeah. Then they buy it in droves. Yeah. Um, there's a lot... I Like, I have done a ton of research on this album. Okay. And I feel like... Um, I feel like I love the album a lot more now, knowing a lot more about it. Because I listened to it in isolation, I didn't really... Uh, the thing is, right, let's be honest, when we buy albums, it's not as if we sit and do research on them, is No, it? you just put You just listen to it, yeah, and you exactly. like it or you don't like it, and you get on yeah. with it. And I liked it at the time, mm-hmm. but then I was never a die-hard, old-school, Holy Bible, um, uh, Mannix fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. for me, it was... I loved Motorcycle Emptiness, that was one of their earlier songs. Okay. And then I, from there... Then, obviously, for me, Everything Must Go was my, yep. if I'm honest, my real introduction to them. Yeah. So then, f- this, for me, was not Yeah, I, a I, letdown. At the time, it was a letdown? No, so it wasn't. It wasn't a letdown. So, like, I'm not okay. one of these fans that are going crackers about it. Yeah, this and, and we will get into that. This is a very mixed reaction. Um, 
to this album. Um, and I, I actually, I'm, I'm probably the same camp as you. Um, so let's get back to this. How long was it in the charts? For ages, 75 weeks it was in the chart. What? And because it got to number one, we get to talk about what it knocked off and what it was replaced by. So what did it knock off number one? Oh. The Cores. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a pun on their name. Talk on Corners was the name of the album. What did it get kicked off by? So it stayed at number one for three weeks, mm-hmm. and it was kicked off by, and it seems to be a recurring theme with this podcast, someone we talked about earlier, Phil Collins, our boy, with Jeez. hits. So he kicked them off three weeks. There's a couple of notes here. Worth noting that the week before, so the week before this went to number one, Manson, their second album, Six, was released. It came in at number six. And it dropped to 21 a week later. Now, oh. yeah, we haven't talked about Manson yet and we specifically haven't talked about me and that album. It will, we will eventually do it. I'm still not ready. Still not ready to talk oh, about Six by Manson. So, so but the funniest thing is this week, so we talked about uh, Sleeper going number one for vinyl, right, on um, mm-hmm. the new album, The Modern Age. Six went to number one on vinyl. So it kicked Sleeper off this week. So the reissue of Manson 6 on vinyl is number one currently. Wow. It's insane. Like, so, yeah, just bizarre. So also, in the same week that this got released by the Mannix, Steps had a new album. Oh, for God's sake. Called Step One. And the bands were really concerned that Steps were going to beat them to number one. I would be. Wouldn't you? Imagine losing to the Steps. Grim. Anyway, they didn't, and this is my truth, went to number one. Are you ready for the charts? Yeah. Number 10, and you'll be happy, because my boy, Simply Red, is at number 10. Again? Not number one, and it's the album Blue. Number nine, the best of, Delamitri. <gasps> Scottish band. Can you talk to me about Delamitri? Yeah, I can. Go. Um, they are, oh, I need to get the songs in my head. So I went to uni with someone who was the biggest Delamitri fan really? in the world. And really? we were convinced he was on a bus in Edinburgh one day, tapped him on the shoulder and it was just a JK. So, um, What's a JK? Like a chav. What's like, a chav? Like, like a bogan. What's a bogan? Like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> someone who doesn't wash Stop! Or, anyway. Next. So then I then saw them... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I then saw them play at the first, what was HMV in um, Princess Street in Edinburgh, and okay. they released their album, and I went and got it signed from a friend for a present. Oh, that's lovely. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. Not eight- bad songs. Okay, I can't say I've ever listened to them. I'm still, I had some homework around Depeche Mode, and I'm still sort of oh, dab, yeah, yeah, just yeah. dabbing my feet in Depeche Mode. What's your thoughts so far? Uh, Enjoy the you gave me the you gave me was it Violator yeah 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 I got a little bit through that very it starts off very craftwork esque I find and then it sort of gets a bit faster and darker haven't got all the way through that and then I went back and I listened to their latest album and I like that but again I haven't got all the way through it so I I like what I've heard so far yeah I thought you'd like it number eight my boy Marilyn Manson with Mechanical Animals do you like Marilyn Manson since when so, this is not a guilty pleasure of the 90s, but since then, I, weird, because I am, you wouldn't have me pegged as a Manson fan. No, I would no, not. No, you wouldn't. 
But he, I don't know why, I, I really like his stuff, particularly his new albums. I'd love to make you listen to some Marilyn Most because likely. I think you'd be surprised. Um, but I love me a bit of Marilyn Manson, especially when I'm getting my gains at the gym, as you can clearly tell. <laughs> number, <laughs> number seven. Robbie Williams, Life Through a Lens. Oh, God. Number six, One Night Only, One Night Only by the Bee Gees. This is the world's worst charm. Number five, Talking Corners by the Cores. Number four, Where We Belong by Boyzone. Is this, a, is this a wind up? No, this is this is actually, and and Marilyn Manson's in there with boys on the cores and oh. number three. Wait for this bad boy, Savage Garden, Australian band. <laughs> <laughs> I would fly into the moon and back they were if you massive. be if you be my baby. Lovely voices back, great stuff. Yeah. Two, like we said, Steps with their new album and then one is the Manics. Singles. You ready? They're going to be awful. They're, tar- they're, they're pretty bad. You just sang it to the moon and back. <laughs> Number nine. Oh, I don't know this. Latricia McNeil. Someone Loves You Honey. Sounds rubbish. Okay. Oh, I don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. Oh, don't close my eyes. It's one of my least favourite all-time songs. It'd be my top ten. What a pile of bees. (laughs) I think we need to do that. What's our least favourite songs of all time? Oh, that's easy. That's there. I like that song. Awful. Overplayed. Definitely the overplayed Overplayed rubbish. What are they thinking? Garbage. The film as well. Armageddon. Oh, God. So when I was at uni, I lived... It's not nominated, is it? No, but it's rubbish. So I I lived with these um, girls at uni and they were like, I love Armageddon. It's an amazing film. It's beautiful. And so... (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I think I downed two litres of cider just to get through it. <laughs> Awful. Finished? Yep. It's no E.T., is it? Let's be honest. It's no E.T. <laughs> My mum wouldn't be explaining me the ending to that one. <laughs> I still giggle. I listened back to the episode a few times. That's one of my favourite bits. <laughs> Number seven, One for Sorrow by Steps. Oh. Number six, Finally Found by The Honeys. Not... Number five, No Matter What by Boyzone. I don't know these, but... So where are we now? This is... What did I say this was? 98. Wave. It's all boy and girl bands and that crappy Euro trans dance Awful. music. Here we go. Number th- number four, Jennifer Page with Crush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. It's just a little crush. Every time we touch It's just Some little thing Not like everything I do Depends on you What a song Bought the single (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm lucky I get the visual presentation Of you doing that as well With the pen as a mic and your Yes. What a song I mean I'm, I'm so blessed I don't think she ever sang a thing again but I don't think she did either Number three Sex on the Beach by Teaspoon <laughs> Go on I've got no idea what it goes like but why are you called Teaspoon? <laughs> That's what you've got Are you even old enough to be having sex on the beach? Shouldn't it be like the big spoon? Tablespoon should be the one on the beach Teaspoon? Jeez <laughs> Number two Millennium by Robbie. Nah. And number one, which I no idea these these two got together. I want you back 
by Mel B featuring Missy Elliott. I had no idea. No idea. None. The fact that Mel B as a solo artist. All I think about Mel B. Yeah, go on. You're going to say <laughs> Go on. Paul Selector. <laughs> no, I wasn't going there. With Mel B in Australia, God, has she found a career in Australia? No, I just think of the, yeah, you're right, love, Mel B. You're right, Mel B, love. Yeah, you're right, got a chance on the charts, love. Yeah. God. That sketch by Bo Selector. You never saw a Bo Selector impression coming from, I never saw that. But Mel B has, seriously, she is everywhere in Australia, let's be honest. Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig, which is a, a diet health yeah. plan. Yeah. On that, she's on. X Factor or The Voice. She's on everything. Every, Australians love her. Right. Done with the charts? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. That was a horrible time. Apart from Crush. What a song. And Marilyn Manson. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this album. This is obviously hot off the success. The massive success of Everything Must Go. Which, to me, felt like a bigger album. But this was more successful. Um, this was released two years after that. Personally, my memory is hearing the If You Tolerate This song. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it on Top of the Pops for the first time and going, don't like that. Really? Yeah, I remember. I vividly remember hearing that song. for the, Because in my mind, Everything Must Go To This is ve- very different albums. Yeah, they are. Two years had passed, a lot more mature. Lot, the content is a lot more controversial. I just... Everything Must Go, put it on a CD player, more accessible. This is, like you said... I think there's a lot more to this album. But you don't like that, do you? You don't like the deep political statements, do you, Kev? It's a shame that I'm about to talk about it for 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, so, look, this was recorded in the producers, uh, Mike Hedges, who we talked about, Chateau in France. How about Oofed. that? Uh, and then it was recorded in the Rockfield studio, which is famous for the Bohemian Rhapsody. The same location as where Super Furry Animals recorded theirs. Heads up, that that is going to come up a lot with some of the artists that we cover. Because a lot of them recorded their stuff there. The band, the three of them, James Bradfield on vocals and lead guitar, Sean Moore on drums, and Nicky Warren on bass. However, for this album, Nick Naismith uh, is sort of credited as the fourth manic because he does a lot of the the keyboards, piano um, music, and so he's sort of that uncredited fourth manic. This is the first album without anything by Richie Edwards. All lyrics are done within the band, mainly Nicky Wire. This album totally splits the hardcore Manix fans. We'll get into reviews a bit later on. It's mm-hmm. definitely polarising. Um, they have made some changes to this album with the re-release, which I'll talk about a little bit later. You just can't argue how successful this was, though, with no. it being their first number one album. 74 weeks on the chart and five, five million copies sold. Huge. Huge. Um, Look, we're going to get into the politics, right? So I want to talk about some of the songs. I did not have a clue that that it was this political. Yep. Um, So I want to talk about some of the songs and talk about some of the the meanings behind the songs. Yep. Do you want to jump in here or shall we talk about the songs bit by bit? So let's. I want to jump in here first and let's talk about the album overarching before cool. we dig into the songs, right? So I thought. So look. So my personal opinion, I've I've always liked this album, but I can understand. So I there's a lot of articles out um, because last year was the 20th anniversary edition yeah. and they released that. Yeah. So that 
created a lot of chat. Yeah. Um, so I dug into a few articles. Yeah. Um, so one of the first ones that I read was by The Quietus. And it said that the Manic's 5 million selling fifth album is still um, derided by some hardcore fans, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because it, as it remains the most coherent and effective political statement to date... And I agree. Fair, yeah. So, um, and when we look about... So you know how I've been talking about the politics of the time a lot throughout this podcast? Mm-hmm. I want to focus on the time that this was released. Okay. So this... If you think about the political statement they were making, mm-hmm. and especially with a song, If You Tolerate This, which we'll touch upon, think about when it was. It was in 1998. Okay. So it was a really politically optimistic year. It was pre-Iraq. Okay. Tony Blair... Um, was like he was in power that had all happened because mm. you know I spoke about yeah, it yeah, he was yeah, in yeah. power um, and the charts and this really digs into it because it's like the charts at the time were dominated by Steps Boyzone M People Robbie Williams um, and given that <clears throat> this album was a far more subtle it was more subtle and measured mm-hmm. and intelligent to actually to their audience because think about it, right? Listen to those charts. Oh, yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. There is no, at this particular time, it's not the start of it, but, oh, we're coming out of Tory rule, it's been horrible. Mm. This is, like, the UK at its best. Yeah, yeah. Before Iraq, Tony Blair's in power. We're all bopping our heads to steps. We're all just getting on with it. <laughs> and then, basically, what they've done is they've released a very measured and intelligent album, still with a political slant, but they've made it palatable for the masses. So the fact that it got to number one, given the fact at this particular time they released a political album full of those types of songs, people still bought it and listened to it. Good point. And for Good me, point. that was a smart move. Mm. Don't release a generous, like Generation Terrorist album mm. or Holy Bible because mm. it's not gonna like we're, we've kind of moved on. Yeah, yeah. We're not angry anymore. Yeah. At that particular time. Yeah. Okay. So you can for, still be polit- political, but you need to write catchy numbers for the yeah. general public to be able to, to, to go on top of the pops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And for me, what I loved about this is like people think Oh, they sold out and it's selling out and, and it's Patrick Clark who writes this and he says, Well people who think that they sold out, they failed to look beyond its glossy outer layer because between the authentic choruses lies the most coherent political statement that the Manics made to the largest audience they would ever reach. Wow. Yeah, and you think point. about it, yeah, five million people yeah, yeah, yeah. are now thinking, oh, what does that mean? Oh, what are they talking about? It's not like, five, six, seven, eight, my boots, <laughs> baby, it's tr-. Like, do you know what I mean? We're talking about the fact that we God, should... The fact that you know that, Jesus. No, but that... We're, we're... I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. There are songs in here about gender. There are songs in here about... Depression. Depression. About war. About war. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I just think to myself, that's still sold. So yes, look, it wasn't as hardcore as people would, but yeah. this is a very important album of its time, I think. Well said. Totally agree with you. Totally. And I... I... You know, I was 18 then, and I'm, I didn't appreciate this album for, for what no. it was. And I think, to your point earlier... Like, we've got pages of research in front of us. You actually need to do a lot of thinking about this album. Um, you know, I looked at the album, the, the CD, and opened it up. And, you know, the lyrics are there. It's really simple. Really, there's nothing faffy about the album. It's just lyrics for each of the songs on a separate page. And how often do people look at that? 
That's, you know, I used to. Did you really? Always. I never but did. I've always been interested in that. I wanted to read the lyrics. I wanted to know what the songs were about. Wanted I also know. wanted to know how to sing it. So, so I can sing with them. But I did always want to know. You know what I'm like? I always want to research stuff. I want to know when I want to know what I'm singing about. And yeah. I always like to dig into that. But yeah. look, I'm not probably the... You're not me, who just puts in the CD player and no, gone. I'm probably not. loses so the I CD always, case. Yeah, I always look into a bit deeper. <sighs> All but, right. Shall we get into some of the songs? Because I want to display, you know, some of the details. So, if you tolerate this, mm-hmm. it's a song about the Spanish Civil War. The song name is derived from a Republican propaganda poster. I'm not going to describe it. It's it's on the on the web. It's actually a pretty graphic picture. Um, where, um, yeah, it's got an image on there that's pretty pretty gruesome. It's heavily inspired by the clash of Spanish bombs and Orwell's homage to Catalonia. It includes the line, if I can shoot rabbits, I can shoot fascists, Mm -hmm. which is taken from a Welsh farmer who went to help the international brigades in the Spanish Civil War. The video uh, dives a little bit more into using some effects around it, but again, I had no idea it was around that. None at all. You? So, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. Oh, jeez. This, I think to myself, this song, right, 20th anniversary edition, fast forward to 2018. I'm not talking about Spanish Civil War anymore. When I listen to the words of this song, Mm. I actually just cannot think of a song more on point about current sentiment today. Let's think about this. We've got Brexit in the UK. Yeah. Right? Don't go too political. We've got a Liberal government in Australia right now. Yeah. Hell-bent on still burning fossil fuels, even though we know. Yeah. But you've got to think about the context of the song. Your children will be next. Oh, no, I understand. Yeah, I so we're going to just... I tell you what, going. we'll just keep burning coal. That's happy yep. days. Let's just blow up the place. Yep. But also what we're going to do is we're actually going to cancel music festivals because we actually can't afford to run them anymore because we have to have 400 police officers to make sure people can't have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got offshore detention centres where I tell you what we'll do is we'll just put people over there and just forget about them. Mm-hmm. Great. And we've got... Uh, Prime Minister here in Australia who walked into Parliament with a lump of coal thinking, oh, this doesn't harm anybody. I'm not... And then, that's in Australia. Then you look at the UK, just make a decision what's going on there. Complete unrest. And I just think to myself, that's so pertinent. If you think of the lyrics of that song, what are we doing? Totally agree. So I guess listening to this album now, because I'm probably more of an adult, and I really worry about those things. I think to... Your point, if I sort of summarise that, because a lot of that content was very Australian. Yeah. Right? I think in each, we've got older. Like I said, we're 20 years on from this album. And you know what? Politics and current affairs and, you know, our interests are more important to us. And so that song is more poignant. So every government, I think we have our opinions about how we feel about them and what they can do better and what they should be focusing on. And I think that song is, is absolutely Hundred percent. Perfect for that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, tsunami. Oh. Okay. This is this is a full on one. I had no idea. No, about neither this, did right? I. And when you listen to it now and you know the story, oh, it kills me. So this is for anyone who doesn't know, tsunami is a, a sort of song around uh, these two sisters who are called the Silent Twins or Harvard West, two Welsh twins, June and Jennifer Gibbons of their Caribbean descent. Uh, they were completely inseparable and only spoke to each other. It's a really full-on and sad story where the two sisters spent 11 years in, in, in a mental institution 
um, after committing, and I quote, petty crimes. This song is written about the two sisters. And it's, go out, Google it, research what Mm -hmm. happened. It's out there. Um, The lyrics, just this one paragraph. For you, my dear sister, holding on to me forever. Disco dancing with the rapists. Your only crime is silence. Like, it is a very poignant, full-on song. Yep. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, and the fact... Yeah, their only crime was silence. You know, they were obviously... Like, there was something... Like, there was a problem there. But they were admitted to Broadmoor Hospital. Mm. Mm. This is where, like, the Yorkshire Ripper was held. Mm. This is where Jimmy Savile, allegedly, committed a lot of his crimes. This place is no... Okay. And for that... But that's yeah. a real feeling. Yeah, it's yeah. I I had never heard of these these two until the song. So again, you go down yeah. that path and you research it. Ready for drowning? Okay. Uh, I'm going to murder some of these names because the, um, it's Welsh again. The Triwaran floods. Basically, this is about basically the flooding of the Welsh village Capperkellen. The valley was called the valley was called Afon Triwaran to direct water to Liverpool in 1965. Right, first reported in 1955, they went through a whole bunch of stuff, but finally, through government votes, appeals, and delays due to protests and vandalism, it was built in 1965. Trewaren was the name of the reservoir that was built. It's now called Lynn Cellen after the name of the town. 67 people lost their homes and had to relocate. Like it's a big deal. So no one knew that they were building this reservoir to to divert water to to Liverpool post-war and essentially these people were just had told to pick up and move they had no option that was going to happen so they went through 10 years of appeals and some of the families went to Liverpool to actually try and talk about it but it did not it went ahead so um, very 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 Mm. very tough Um, again no idea about that Black Dog on My Shoulder yep song about depression uh Winston Churchill is mentioned. He uh, openly suffered depression and called it his black dog. Um, lyrics, there's a black dog on my shoulder again, licking my neck and saying she's my friend. Solitude, the one thing that I really miss. Guess my life is a compromise. Like really poignant lyrics. Mm-hmm. This is the big one. S-Y-M-M. Uh, do you want to talk about this or are you happy to let me go? You go. Okay. I had zero clue what this was about. Right. Um, so SIM stands for South Yorkshire Mass Murderer. It came about by the Jimmy McGovern dock on the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillsborough disaster, if you're not familiar with it, is where 96 Liverpool fans sad- sadly died in a, in a crush at a 1989 football or soccer um, final between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. This song is is pretty direct as... An attack on the police and the way they handled the situation. The Manics copped it a bit for this. It's not a well liked song. They've since dropped playing it, um, and they got criticised heavily by the the chief of police. I think it was as well. I... Which, but if we fast forward, we now know. Yeah, they okay. were. Uh, there was a lot of blame, and then the family of the people who died in Hillsborough got justice in the end. Yes. Yeah. So. You know, those are just some of the songs. Born a Girl's a poignant one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't talk so, about it, but yeah, you go. Um, I dug into this one. So basically, this is like a really honest wrestle 
for Nikki Wire with issues of gender masculinity. Yeah. So like the track, like yes, I wish I'd been born a girl, not this mess of a man. Apparently, some people actually have it. First of all, thought this was actually meant. The song was about the fact that he was saying that women had it easier than men. Oh. But that isn't the case at all. Um. But the the research that I had done into this said that you know he is married to a woman. But he's also quite fond of wearing women's clothes, both at home and on stage. Oh, um, okay. And it was just him just being earnest. It's just something that he's okay. struggled with. So, um, on a lighter note, <laughs> in the song <laughs> The Everlasting... Smooth. Smooth transition. Yeah, Go on. In the song The Everlasting, yeah. and I know it's about the refugee crisis and it's still happening now and it's something that really bothers yeah. me. Yep. But on a funny note, can Welsh people not say the word genuine? <laughs> Listen to the song. Oh. When we were winning. When it says, smiles were genuine. Oh. It's genuine. Say it. And now all I listen to when I listen to that song. And now, for the last week, I've been telling people, this is the album we're doing, and I've gone made them listen to it. Really? Please listen to it. Okay, I didn't Can Welsh people not say it? Is that, like, am I being racist? Or is it just because his pronunciation, he says genuine. Not please, genuine. Please don't get Welsh people coming at us. I'm just asking. Yeah. All right, English so, people can't say loch. It's the same kind of stop thing. Stop it! Right, N- please name. We my... roll our R's in a Scot. Like we, people, like we say girl and world, and we get laughed at. It's just a dialect. It's just a way that we can't help it. But I just want to know because now when I listen to that, so that's all I can hear. All right, moving on. <laughs> Gee whiz, offend oh, half of our listeners. All right, so the album done extremely well. Right, it won best album at the Brits. The Manix won best band. And got a whole bunch of accolades from Kerrang, Q, Melody Maker and Enemy. Too much to mention. They were nominated for the Mercury Prize. (laughs) (laughs) Who won it? I know who won it. Do you know who won it? No. Oh, you don't know? Oh, oh, this is brilliant. I'll read out the artists. Brilliant. All right. So, Thomas Adez by Isla, Ayla. Dennis, Baptiste, Be Where You Are, Black Star Liner, Ben Galley, Bantam Youth Experience, <laughs> Blart, 13, The Chemical Brothers, Surrender, Faithless, 8pm, Sunday, 8pm. Great, Great album. album. Manic Street Preachers, Beth Orton, Central Reservation, Talvin Sing, OK, Kate Rusby, Sleepless, Phonics Performance and Cocktails, and one of our favourite albums of all time, which just got remastered, by the way, Underworld, Buku Fish. I know who won this. Calvin yeah. Singh. Calvin Singh, wasn't it? What's that? <laughs> uh, Sunday, 8pm. What a, that? Underworld? Uh, I mean... Surrender? It's a great album. Exactly. Anyway, Talvin... Well, I had that another day, actually, Surrender. Kudos I to Talvin, won it? Alright, so we talked about the 20-year version, which you just talked about. Yep. They changed the lineup. It has prologue to history on it. Which is a B-side. I really like that song. Do you? Mm. I can't wait till we talk about that then. Let's, we'll get into yep, the tracks yep. and talk about that. It was a B-side to If You Tolerate This, and they removed Nobody Loves You, uh, which was written about Richie's disappearance, right? So actually, that's we'll, a shame, but I don't like that song. You don't like it? I actually, it's weird. I think the album needed a song like that, because I think there's almost two parts to this album. It starts off so strong. Right, hit after hit after hit, and then it sort of loses. I feel it's it's shine as you go towards the end of the album, and I find nobody loves you brings it right back. 
And when I listen to the other one with Prologue to History, I can see why it's a B-side. That's how I feel about it. I like it. Okay. Uh, All right. A couple other stuff. So last year, Nicky did his first ever exhibition. Did you know that? No, I did not. Paintings and Polaroids. It's displayed at Tenby Museum and Art Gallery, which is pretty cool. It opened on the same day as the 20th anniversary of This Is My Truth. This came about as Nicky released a Mannix photo album called Death of a Polaroid, which is, he takes photos as he go around tours and stuff like that. Feedback's a bit mixed on it, to be honest. He was interviewed at the opening of this exhibition by NME, and he said this about This Is My Truth. I've just been listening to This Is, the Tr- this is My Truth a lot. It's such a deep and heavy album for a record that was so big. It just makes you realise that you can push the limits and have success. Which is exactly what you just said. 100%. 100% agree. Absolutely agree. Alright, after this album, they released Know Your Enemy, as I mentioned, they went to number two. Then eight albums until just recently, which we reviewed, Resistance in Futile in 2018. Which Have they released eight albums since this? Yes. They've been clocking on. Clocking on. They they are steady. They are steady. Every every year and a half, new album, new album, new album. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, shall we get into the singles? Yeah. Or anything else you want to add about the album? No, I think that's fine. Okay. What I did find, though, was um, a Massive Attack remix of If You Tolerate This. I honestly jumped off my seat with excitement because I love that song. And who do I love more than anything? Massive Attack. You do? Have you only got to listen to it once every three months now? No, I listen to Massive Attack a lot, but I've still got, like, that song, I've got to be careful. So this um, one, is it good? I never listened to it? No. Nah. It's not good? No. <laughs> then, Manic Street Preacher's remix, Inertia Creeps, by Massive Attack. Ah. Oh. Bit better. Really? Yeah, they, they do a version of Inertia Creeps, and that's a great song. Mezzanine so, by Massive Attack's an amazing song. There is, um... So I know exactly what you're talking about because there's a remix on there and I can't remember the, the which one it is, whether it's If You Tolerate or whatever. Um, there's a remix from Mogwai, Scottish band, right? But there's a DJ that I like called Mogwai that mm-hmm. we've seen. Yeah. Love Mogwai. Thought it was that. No. No, no it's very different. So um, yeah, I got excited and it wasn't what I expected. Singles. So they kicked it off with If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next. Number one. Released on the 24th of August 1998. The video, remember we talked about the Spanish Civil War theme. It starts and ends with a socialist anthem playing on a musical box. Never knew that was there at all. Wouldn't know. The video, did you watch this? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the video? Oh, I like the video. Oh, it's full on weird, right? Yeah, but I think it's a good video. Oh, it's, it's a stunning video. And the one thing you can say about the Manics videos, well-produced music videos. Yeah. Um, so the Manics are in a blue testing lab. They sort of have these leashes attached to them. Yeah, yeah. Did you think that... You know how there's, a, there's an image in the middle of the video which is blood flowing? Yeah. Do you think the leashes were actually wires taking blood from them or do you think the blood is totally separate? I couldn't figure it out. Because they're all attached to leads. And I was like, is that taking the blood which comes in later to the video? That's or interesting. Co- I just assumed it was separate, but I might, I won't, might not. I couldn't it. figure it out. Um, so they're all attached... Um, and then they sort of they're, they're playing uh, in a mirrored room, and so they can see into the next room. And there's a family of four sort of doing stuff like sunbathing, reading the newspaper, playing with their toys. But they have no ears, nose, 
eyes. They're all covered, mm. which is very, very strange. And then there's this really stunning image of a Hot Wheels car track, which used to do the you know loop de loop with with your, your cars, and blood flows down that. It's really stunning and unusual. The way the video ends is that James turned around to the camera and now he is blinded. So he's becoming what's in the next room. What did you think about it? What did you think it meant? Because mm. I took a different meaning from what I think it was supposed to be. So, What was your meaning? What did you think? Well, they used... When I was reading about the video, they used the word that the people in the other room were mutants. And that James was slowly turning into one of those mutants. And I went, that's... It's like that film Bird Box. No, Bird, what's it called? Bird Box? Yeah, with, Bird Box. Um, Bullock. Bullock. Same thing. But oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. Surprised you like that. I haven't watched the end yet. You haven't watched... <sighs> it's a struggle. What do you mean? It's just... How can you watch a movie and not watch the end? Oh, because, you know, it got a little bit much for me. It's a full on, on it's a, a great, my perfect type of movie, right? Yeah, and I didn't know what I was getting into. And then I was on a plane... I wouldn't watch it on a plane. No, I did. And I was like... Well, it's full on. Anyway, back to this. Um, I thought it was an example of the public having the blinkers on around what was happening in the real world. So, you know, the eyes were covered, the ears were covered, everything was blacked out while they were doing daily stuff, not having an idea what Mm -hmm. was happening in the very next room to them. That's what I thought, and I, I don't know if that's right. Thoughts? I don't think that's right. Awesome. All right. Additional info, brilliant. Longest ever number one with no brackets, the name of that song. Jeez. It is also their 100th studio recording and 156,000 copies of this sold in one week. Wow. Exactly. The Everlasting, second song, went to number 11. Genoin. <laughs> Released on the 30th of November, 98. I'm going to have to listen to that. I never picked uh, up honestly. on Honestly. Uh, the video is quite controversial. Did you watch this? I haven't seen this one. This is James sitting in a cafe... Uh, in a London train station along with Nicky and Sean in separate areas of the train station other people are walking through the train station and they actually physically start to burn right it's it's CGI special effects but they're walking with flames coming out coming all over them and it's just one person in the crowd over there and then they turn around it's another person he's on fire very so the video got banned Right, because of this, so there's two copies made. One with no flames and one with flames. The one on YouTube obviously has the one with flames. It got banned because it was the same time as the Michael Manson uh, inquest. I don't want to talk about that. Google it if you want to know. It's horrific what happened. Um, and it's just, just terrible, terrible stuff. Um, so I can see why the video got banned. I can, And, and they probably were completely unrelated. But just, just bad, bad timing. Uh, the lines uh, in the, the song I think you talked about it the world is full of refugees just like you and just like me 100%. is apparently one of the most widely criticised lines in the history of the band it got such a poor response and the band now have expressed a distaste for that specific line why? the world is full of refugees just like you and me Come so on. we're not refugees well I think that the context of it, you're doing quite well in a band, mate. You probably can't really classify yourself as a refugee. Yeah, and we're not. not. Okay. So I, think... I took it more like refugees are just human beings like us. Okay. Good point. Good point. I don't think um, I don't see myself as a refugee, but I would think that a refugee is still a 
living, breathing, feeling human being the same as me with my same hopes and dreams. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, you said, yeah. Uh, you Stole the Sun from My Heart, that's number five. 8th of March, 1999. Playing in front, video is a plane in front of a large window showing the sunset. When the chorus hits, it changes to a thunderstorm. thunderstorm. It's very, very cool, actually. Um, and it swaps back and forward with animals coming in. So in the in the nice stuff, they have like warm and fluffy rabbits on the floor, which is cool. And then when the chorus hits and the thunderstorm hits, they make the rabbits look angry. Like, not angry, but like scary. And Do you know who looks and... like an angry rabbit? Oh, God. Have yeah. you ever watched Ray Donovan? Yes. Ray Donovan looks like an angry rabbit, his little face. Every time he gets into a serious thing, I'm always like that. Oh, here he comes. I'm a rabbit. <laughs> Gee, where? Oh my god. What do you do with that? I even googled it to see if anyone else thought it, but I don't think they do. Alright, back to this bloody video, Les. Uh, spotted off to, so the plane in front of this minute, spotted off to the side is a poster of a movie poster of the movie Villain starring Richard Burton. It was made in 1971. It's a gangster film, which is quite unusual because it's a gangster movie with a lot of um it's not your typical gangster film there's it has different um i'll try to think what to think uh, uh, i can't really describe it it's hard to describe and i probably can't do it on this podcast but uh, google the movie and you'll see there's a movie it's not your typical gangster movie it, it looks at a bunch of different themes that you wouldn't expect yeah okay okay uh so you stole the sun from my heart is apparently about Nicky War's hate of touring. It has the lyric, I've got to stop smiling. It gives the wrong impression. Great line. Mm. Uh, the last song, we've already talked about, Tsunami. It's black and white while the band play. It's spliced with a poem called We Two Made One, which is by the two twin sisters. Aww. Really sad. It includes the lyrics, Doctors tell me that it's cynical. I tell them it must be chemical. <sighs> Like, whatever you say about the Manix, God, they can write some lyrics. Yeah, they really can. All right, track by track, let's get yes, into it. Yes, please. Blue All right, I'm exhausted. Kicks off with the everlasting, Les. <laughs> Just because of the genuine. <laughs> what do you think of Love the song? Love this song. Great, great start, start to, to the album. Great start to the album. It's absolutely gorgeous. This is the everlasting. And you come out of that and you've got If You Tolerate This. I love this song. I, what, is there anyone that doesn't? Yeah. You think? Really? Yeah. I love this song. Why would someone not like this song? Because they're like old school Manix fans. True. But I think the average Joe in the street. Average Joe. I, I love this song. Um, so If You Tolerate, this is it. Then you've got You Stole the Sun from My Heart, Les. I love this. You solid on this one? You stole the sun from my heart. Do you have to sing it to I'm just thinking. I'm all right with this. I I think it's a good song. I'm not Not amazing, but it's nice. 
Right, I've gone that I don't want to play this because I think there's more tracks in the album okay. to play. Yeah. All right. So, but I tell you what, I will play is I'll play "Ready for Drowning" because that's a, a gorgeous song. Um, your thoughts? Do you not like this? "Ready for Drowning." Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's okay. "Ready for Drowning" goes like this. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Tsunami? Great song. Gonna play it? Yeah. Alright, Tsunami. And you're back with My Little Empire. Favourite song on the album. By a country mile. One of my one of my favourite songs. It would be in our top 20, 30 list. Oh my god! Absolutely love this Hold song. Hold on, favourites is top ten, Liz. Huh? I said my favourites top 20, 30. I gave you a version. So what do you call something in your top ten? I'd like... say it's one of my f- top ten favourite songs. I'd say. So you, when you tell people about your favourite songs, you I give, give them, them the number just so they're aware of the gravity of the situation. <laughs> So I can tell you a story about My Little Empire. I oh. went to see the. Well, I didn't. I was at Tea in the Park. Manix were closing. Oh yeah. And I lo- This is. It was when this album was out. So yeah, I imagine yeah. it must have been ninety or ninety nine. Yeah. And um, it was ninety nine because it wasn't ninety eight. They were on the the main stage. Um, the sun was setting. Oh. And then they played that guitar riff at the oh. beginning. Ding 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 yeah, yeah. ding. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally just was in absolute awe. Oh. And then they walked off the stage oh. at the end, uh-huh. like they'd finished. That was it. And then a lone piper came on. Oh. And then played the bagpipes while everyone left. And then they turned all the lights off. Wow. And I was like, whoa. That's nice. Um, And I think the words to this song okay. are... Like they're stunning And I don't know What the song's about But I've always thought It's about um, So one of the lyrics In that song Is like My my ideology Is dead and gone Mm -hmm. Almost forgotten For the eye to see Mm -hmm. Um, Can't remember What you wanted Or believed in And that's what I think it's about So I think it's about You can't You like at that time, your little, like, your little empire is like how you live your life at that particular time and you kind of grow up and you change. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but it's always resonated with me. Like being stuck in your own head. Okay. I love it and I want you to play it. Let's play it then. Here we go into where I struggle a little bit with this album because you've just had six brilliant songs. I'm not working. Oh, no, that's... Yes, I don't like that. Do you like My Little Empire? I do. You've obviously got extremely fond memories of the song. I like it. It's It'll be on a playlist. I won't skip the song. It's a good song. Not my favourite song. Yeah. All right? Wouldn't make any top lists. Um, back to I'm not working. No, skip it. 
I totally agree with you. I've gone. It stands out after the rest of the songs for probably the night re- the wrong reasons. To be honest, it's, I skip a, it's, it. a, it's all right. I skip it. You're tender and you're tired. I really like this. I've gone. This is quite good. I really. His like vocals it. are great here. However, it's got whistling in it. Your thoughts on whistling in music? I'm not that. You clearly have a problem with it. I have a big problem. Depends with on whistling. where. It like, depends. This, Unless it's that one, song, Blow Your Whistle, Bitch. Thing. Remember the... Do, 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 do. Blow Your Whistle, Bitch. Oh, my God, don't... <laughs> it's oh, a song. I do not remember that song at all. Yeah, you do. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, look, I think... I'm not going to play it, because we're going to... I've got some other ones we want to play. Um, it's it's This is quite good. His vocals are stunning here. The whistling... I've got a thing about whistling. I don't think yeah. it has a place in music at all. I will challenge anyone, right? Any of our listeners, send us a track where whistling is appropriate and where you think it adds okay. to the song. That's the gauntlet. I'm throw- I don't think anyone can Ooh. give me a song. If I'll happily apologise and I'll go, kudos. No, no, don't want to hear it. Uh, so we move into, and you talked about it later, um, the Bar- Born a Girl song. Beautiful. This is okay. I think the lyrics... Oh, Beautiful. Really? Yeah. Just, yeah. And the... Just a beautiful song. You want me to play this song? Yes, please. All right, I will play Born a Girl just for you. Be natural. Mm. I like this. Oh, it's a bit. It's a skipper. It's a skipper for you. Well, we will skip it. But I actually genuinely, I think that's quite a good song. Black dog on my shoulder. I like that. I like this too, actually. Um, to your point, you mentioned at the very start of this. This is one of the ones that I went. Oh, no, I'm not a fan of this song. But the more I've listened to it, the more I've liked it. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's definitely worth playing. Black dog on my shoulder. This is it. Now, we're going to stick with the original Mannix. Yes, 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 yes. Which is Nobody Loved You, right? Classic Mannix, for me, this feels more tied to the previous albums. It just stands out really well. Um, They replaced it to Prologue to History, which I've said I 100% prefer the the original, which is the Nobody Loved You. Do you like the song? I do. I do like that song a lot. Okay, then let's play it. So this is Nobody Loved You. And then we're back with Sim, which I will play to take us out the the podcast. What's your thoughts on SYMM? Oh, not the best ending. Good song. It's quite a heavy song. Yeah, and I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's a song that you end with. I 100% agree with you. But I don't dislike the song. I've gone... It's it's alright. It's good. It's not one of the top tracks now. It's not one of the top tracks... Obviously, the the lyrics are a lot stronger. I think it's all right. I don't think it's your end track. I think 
people would have walked away happy with Nobody Loved You as the last track rather than this one. But, you know what, that's it. We'll play it to take it out of the podcast. Overall, are you surprised? Let's talk about it in comparison with Everything Must Go. Are you surprised this got to number one and not Everything Must Go? No, for the reasons that... Because Everything Must Go was a huge album and it was really popular and everybody would have been waiting for the next one. Okay, perfect. Okay. For me, I absolutely took a long time to get into this album. Like this is this has been a real pleasure actually going back and listening to this album. And I loved it, it from day one. Not me. I not did. Me. I loved it's it. Not from my manic go to. Bought it. Loved it. Let's get into reviews. Yes. I'm going to do some quick, fiery, punchy, negative ones. Yep. Lord Barbriga. I had this one. Somebody stole it. Fine with me. <laughs> Number two, the Dave. Let this be a lesson to everyone. Never buy an album based on the strength of one single. I can't tolerate it, so I guess my children won't be next. Thank God. Oft. Uh, Sherpa Guide. I'm still angry and ashamed I bought this album. It sucks, 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 sucks. This album is song after song of syrupy rubbish. It's kind of the contrived bull that would have made me sad and introspective when I was malleable and a depressed 14-year-old. Christ, I can't believe they allow this kind of crap out there. I feel duped. I heard the preachers were good, but I guess I brought the wrong. I bought the wrong album. Harsh, right? I've got a negative one. Go. B Browning, Amazon, two out of five. I remember buying this one day on my lunch break from work and managing to listen listen to it half an hour, within half an hour, with disappointment, and it pulled a knot in my stomach. Oh. I couldn't believe it, oh. which sounds ridiculous, but I've been a Mannix fan for years and thought, well, that's that then. It was, in retrospect, the start of a downhill trend for my th- enthusiasm for the band. Wow. It's a very polarising. This is what I mean. It, when you look at reviews, it's, it's two different spectrums. Yep. Very much. All right. Um, some good ones. Got Tia. One of the masterpieces of the 90s. I know that many of the MSP fans who seem to think that the Holy Bible was something special... The way that the band should sound, find this record somewhat tame and overproduced. Even the band seemed to think that a little way. But to us who have an ear for great melodies and want to hear James Bradfield use his fine voice for singing, not screaming, this is a definitive choice. A real beauty is never dull or corny, and this one beautiful and moody record. It's your loss if you can't appreciate these things. I agree. Nice. I've got one. Go. Corky, four and a half out of five. Nice, Corky. An absolute stunning release of well-crafted, well-produced and unforgettable Heartfill songs. The album was criticised for being too middle of the road, but I believe that it was this, this release did much to capture the true spirit and sensitivity of this brilliant band. Oh, nice. Lovely. Right, ratings. What did you think you gave it? Probably seven. You gave it a seven and a half. Ooh. So it was up there for you. Good. What do you think I gave Six and a half. Oh, really? You thought I would give this yeah. less? No, I gave it a seven and a half as well. Did we? Did I we did. do the same? We did the same I rating. I thought I'd have been higher on this no, one. No, it was a seven and a half. Um, that was quite good for me. I actually thought I'd go into that with a lot less rating. And then, like I said, when I listened to it, it started creeping up. Um, you've seen the Manics live? I have. Good? Very. I've never seen them. And that's why... I, was, I would go and see them again. Me too. Heartbreak. Absolutely. Um, are they touring? Yes, they are, but it's in the UK. Um, they're playing this album... In full, in May, in the UK. Can you imagine that? <sighs> so another one for the UK gets... Can you tweet them? I'll, t- I'll send them the, the yeah. details, that's fine. Um, all right. The band, manicstreetpreachers.com, 
They're at Manix, awesome Twitter handle. Um, the album is five five pounds. The twenty year anniversary is thirty pounds. It's three CDs, dem- demos, live versions, remixes, which mm-hmm. you talked about for the Massive Attack one. Um, are they on Spotify? Yep, absolutely. One one thing I have to mention: there is a blog. It's manixdiscog.wordpress.com. I'll post it. You a Manix fan or you want to find out more, this literally dissects every year, every track, every album, the band. It's brilliant for us. Um, you ready for the next one? I am pumped. What is it? Oh no, what's that face? No. No, no, no. It's not a bad face. It's a good face. It's a good face. It's a big one. <gasps> it's it's a big band. And... I don't know. I thought I thought that when we put it out there about the Manix, I thought we would maybe cop a bit of flack. We've been pretty good with that, probably because of the album. This one I can see is probably going to get some people up in arms. Oh. You ready? Okay. I'll give you the band. Yep. Blur. <laughs> Blur. Controversial. Well, you caused controversy in the very first episode when you threw it out there about one of their albums. Modern Life is Rubbish. Yeah, we we copped it for that. Which um, album do you think this one is? Is it this one? Modern Life is Rubbish? No, no, it's not. Surely not Park Life. It's not Park Life. Oh, Christ. 13? No. Number 37 is Blur with The Great Escape. The Great Escape! I really like this album. Yeah. You actually you actually said, I think it was like two episodes ago and we were talking about Blur and you threw it out there and I'm like... Oh. <gasps> It's coming, it's coming, and I sort of poker face. Um, I'm happy with this. I, I like yes. this album. Um, I, I, how do I feel about Blur albums? We'll get into that next Ooh. episode, right? But we we both kind of dig this album, um, so it'll be good. Be interesting to hear from the Blur fans. We haven't heard much from them, so it'll be interesting to see what they say and the fact that this is our first take on Blur. So, is it our only take on Blur? Yeah, could be. Could be. Who knows? The um, plugs, Britpop Banter, Facebook, leave a rating for us, please, if you've enjoyed this episode. And send us your guilty pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> send us your 90s albums that you're a bit embarrassed, but probably still like to listen to every now and again. Les, that's it. Blur next week. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. That was a lot. I'm knackered after that. I have yeah, to that's say. a big day. That was a tough one. Some serious content in there from us. Had to be serious. It got quite political. I did warn you. But you got a present. I did. I got an awesome Woo! present. Thank you. So I'm really... That Reef t-shirt's getting worn. And uh, they probably don't have it elsewhere, but it's Mufti Day. You, on, on a Friday where you get to wear casual clothes yeah, I don't like the word mufty I just dress like dress down day or casual day casual Austra- Friday it's mufty day an Australian thing yeah who, I've, only, I mean, I've only heard it since I got here but I'm going to wear my reef t-shirt tomorrow are you? yeah wow yeah. fired <laughs> <laughs> um, alright everyone thank you so much for listening we will see you next week for Blur woo bye bye